Blog Talk Radio. This is One on One with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is One on One with Jasper Cole. everyone and welcome to a live edition of one-on-one with jasper cole this is your host mr jasper cole coming to you from palm springs california on this hot and dry day now i was away last week when it was a 124 in the desert so for once i was happy to be in the georgia heat and humidity but i must say it was actually very mild in georgia i got to have a great trip home i got to visit family my dad's 89th birthday father's day and i got to reconnect with so many great friends and family and to the people i met along the way people in the airport that i saw um and talked to and on the plane i just want to say thank you for everything um everyone please go to our web, my website jaspercole.com go to one-on-one with jasper cole you can follow us there and check out all the archive shows um you know, also, I'm at Jasper Cole Says, S-A-Y-S, on Twitter and Instagram. And, um, yeah, you can find us anywhere. And so I just, at this point, I need to, I'm just desperate to bring on the one and only, my sidekick, Mr. Ralph Cole. Okay, yes. I was shot How out of the cannon onto your show. I am fabulous and fierce. I am energized and life is good. And I missed your black ass last week. I missed yes, not well, doing the show with you. I know. Well, you were doing your own show in Athens, Georgia, and you were very successful there. It was a good time for you to be home. It was a great time to be home, yes. And I I posted a a video this week saying how, you know, it's really nice to sort of get out of my West Coast liberal bubble. I mean, listen, I really don't want to get out of it. But, Mm. you know, but the fact that I did, um, it does make me realize, you know, with all the politics and the last few years and screaming at each other, as I did on, on Instagram and all the social media, you know, at the end of the day, you know, most of us want, you know, to be loved. We want to be healthy. We want to have a ha- uh, happy family. Um, and so I just got, I sort of reconnected with that. And mm-hmm. uh, it was just, but it's always great to get back and, uh, you know, get back to the West Coast, get back to work. I wanted to let everyone know this coming uh, Sunday, the 27th, will be, will be my first time live back in the studio I'm taping uh, two episodes. It's going to be a new um, The Heroes and Horrors of Homelessness with General Jeff Page. And then I'm doing a Breaking the News with our fabulous Erica Renee Davis. Yeah. Our, our first two shows in July. They will air the first two Thursdays in um, July. But, Ralph, everything good with you? All is great, Jasper. I am pleased to say I feel good. You know, and energized and ready to get back out there. I know. I can't wait to see you. It's been uh, you and Eric and I saw each other on the same day in November of 2019. And that's been it. With Rose. Yeah. Yeah. With Rose. Right. Well, listen, everyone, we've got an amazing guest today. And we're going to get to the guest first because he is off to a virtual screening of his new film called No Goodbyes, and it's an amazing new project. And at this time, without further ado, please welcome the fabulous Mr. Billy Cliff. Hello? Hey, Billy, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Welcome to the show, this is Jasper. Hi, Billy. Um, Welcome. Well, thank you, darling. What so a nice fabulous to surprise. Be here, wherever I am. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yeah, virtually everywhere, anytime. But you, together for the first time. 
yes. Exactly. What a fun surprise for you to be a guest on our show. Our listeners want to hear all about your long-ass career, your (laughs) Emmy-nominated project, and your latest project with um, the most evocative storyline. Right. So tell everyone, Billy, first of all, let's talk about No Goodbyes and also – this, the um, the event that's happening in a little while, do you know if people can still go to that as well, if there's time? or? Yeah, I believe so. I believe you can still uh, uh, RSVP up until, you know, pretty much the close of the time. I'm, I believe it starts at 7, so that's pretty soon. Uh, but still, if you're listening now, go to for it. I couldn't tell you what it is off the top of my head, but it's the uh, Museum of Tolerance is doing this amazing uh, um, screening, so to speak, or, uh, you know, of course, it's on the Internet right now, um, as a lot of things are. But I'm very excited to be a part of it. It's such an honor, honor to be uh, – it just, like, legitimizes your project, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You yes, know, to have yes. the Museum of Tolerance to say this is something that needs to be seen, you know? Um, wow, that's amazing. Well, tell it's, everybody, it's totally, tell us about, tell us about the movie and how it came to be and how, you know, how the whole thing happened. Certainly, certainly. I, um, before the pandemic, uh, which, you know, happened not that long ago. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we, yeah. I was in Poland shooting a uh, documentary uh, about a painting that had been stolen by the Nazis. And from the Warsaw Museum, and it ended up mm. here in Silver Lake. And two gay men had the painting. Mm. They, they do not longer. They, they gave it back to the Warsaw Museum. And there was this big ceremony, and I went along with them for this big ceremony in, in Warsaw. And so I went to the different museums that had a lot to do with the, uh, of course, the, the Holocaust. I mean, that's, that's quite right. part of their world there. And I saw so little about the gay people that were in the Holocaust. There was like, you know, a little spot here and there, you know, of all the places that I went. You know, like they didn't ignore it, but they didn't, they didn't do much about it. You know, like there was one mm-hmm. outfit with the, with, the, with the pink triangle on, and you're going, uh, excuse yeah. me, you know. And so I just went, you know, I put that in my brain, and I said, this is really, really crucial that I do something about it. And so when I came back home, um, I happened upon this wonderful uh, playwright, uh, Simon Okura, who had been doing and writing plays about the Holocaust and all the different aspects of the gay people in that process or what, what occurred then. And I, I reached out to him because I didn't have all the knowledge of all the things that happened and how long it would take me to really read up on all of it and really, really take it into my, my soul so that I could, I could really say it correctly or do it correctly. And so I reached out to him and I said, you know, you've got the information um, and I've got the ability to take it and put it into a, a screenplay. So mm. let's collaborate and we'll feed off each other and we'll turn it into something. And, and that's what happened. And we shot it during the, uh, the pandemic uh, last November. Uh, when we had just a little bit of opening and a lot of Hollywood was starting to come back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and it is about uh, one young man and his experiences, uh, what happened to him during, uh, while he was in the Holocaust. And uh, wow. it, it shows parts of it that, that people know nothing about. They, they didn't know anything like this happened, you know, particularly right. uh, it's, it's basically three people in the in the um, short film. Uh, uh, a capo, who was a typically a prisoner, often Jewish, who would be brought in for a barracks to keep the prisoners in line, and they typically were harsh and cruel, and would know how to do whatever was needed by what the mm. guards would tell them to do. And then this young boy who by one of the capos because capos were allowed to have a personal assistant. Well, what is a personal assistant? I don't know, but this is what this capo did. <laughs> is he took him as basically his sex slave. Right. And, 
and and this is something that occurred, you know, something that nobody knows about, right? I mean, really, and right. really into the history. And then there was uh, this particular story. We we combined three different stories that were true that happened, where an SS guard actually did fall in love with a young man, and uh, help get him out. And so we combined these three uh, stories uh, to shine light on what had happened. And of course, my intention is to turn it into a feature. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so we want to give us. We want to give us. Shout out to Mel to the cast, uh, our friend Mel England, who's a great friend of the show, and a friend of Ralph and I, um, who's who's a great actor and now lives in. He's a fellow Palm Springs resident. Um, yes, and you is. guys have worked <laughs> together before, right? Yes, yes, in a, in a small short film called uh, A Virtual Connection, uh, which we uh, filmed uh, just before the. Uh, uh, the pandemic and is now doing the uh, festival circuit and is doing quite well. Thank goodness. It's very good. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, listen, like you said, you know, it's so, it's interesting because as far as we know, we've come in terms of the LGBTQ plus, you know, community, these are, this is when you kind of realize, wow, there are all these stories that we don't know anything about. It's, it's like parallel to the Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know, when we're hearing about what happened there in Tulsa, in in our world, in the gay world of history, there is so much that we're we don't know about and that we were never taught. And I think maybe Alan Tur- Alan Turing, you know, who kind of helped break yeah, the en- yeah, enigma yeah. code. I, I think yeah, he's sort of been like the probably the most quote famous in during that time period. But you know, like. This, this kind of story that you're, you've uncovered here just makes you think how many hundreds of other stories there are like that that are out there. Exactly. I, I truly have – I really have dedicated my career to finding stories like this to tell. I mean, we have so long in our little world and life and all that kind of stuff, and I just – I just really, and I know that the doc had something to do with it that I Mm -hmm. did uh, uh, for the A Long Road to Freedom, The Advocate Celebrates 50 Years, and it just uh, truly energized me. Yeah, it just made me, thank you, thank you so much. And it just really made me want to, whatever I could do on this planet and, and shed some light on information. And, and um, uh, what I didn't mention uh, before was the biggest, most amazing thing that we were able to get for our short film, which is 25 minutes long. So it's not ultra short. We, we pack a lot of punch in 25 mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, and uh, is that we had an actual Holocaust survivor play the old uh, auto uh, um, uh, talking about his experiences in the Holocaust, and then we are in uh, watching his experiences wow. unfold. It's, and that it's was so, amazing. so riveting. It was very just riveting. I mean, I, I, I really can't wait because I can see it. I can see it being expanded into. Well, first of all, let me say it's riveting just as a short. And if you if you never did the feature, it stands alone very well, you know, as is. But I could see it like I I would, you know, I'm wanting more. I could see it going to a full length feature as well. Thank you. Thank you. That's, it, it's truly the reason why I did it was was, you know, proof of concept. Right. Yeah. It's to sure. show you that I'm going to give you a flavor of what this is. And then, of course, the feature will delve into these three people, three gay men. Right. Mm. Who. Um, especially the other two, the SS guard and the capo who would have to hide everything about them right. um, through their lives, you know, I mean, and, and, and I just think that that would be so fascinating to delve into their lives. All three. Oh, of absolutely. Like, and why they became who they were due to the circumstances of what their life was like. And, and, um, and the timing, of course, is there a you know, place that people that the listeners can can see the film in in the as the short now? Is there is it going to be yeah, out it, for the it's public? On, it's on Amazon Prime. Perfect. Everyone go to Amazon Prime. 
um, and check it out. No goodbyes. You know, I, I'm always, first of all, in my mind, you, you really represent to me like a true artist, you know, Hollywood gets such a, a bad rap at times, I guess, especially the TV and film world that, you know, there's really no real art and we just do it for the paycheck and blah, blah, blah. And that's true. I mean, some, yeah, sometimes we do, but you've had this amazing <laughs> relationship. I mean, well, I'm one, I'm being honest. I do it a lot, but that's why I'm like, like, like I so admire someone that really can find these great projects, but you and David Milburn and Paul Collegeman at Hear TV and Region Entertainment, you you three have had this amazing relationship over the years. And, I mean, people should know you have done some really just what you've done, different documentaries and stuff, TV shows on Hear TV is is a huge catalog of work. How, how did that relationship, how did they come into your career on your Hollywood path? Well, um, uh, you know, I, I was a hair and makeup artist for most of my life, uh, mm. starting in the early 80s. And uh, um, so that was my life. I've always been in this industry from going from Hollywood High and being in all the shows to uh, leaving that, becoming a, a model. And, uh, by, and then by the time I was 21, I was doing hair and makeup on celebrities. And uh, so about... Uh, uh, when Elizabeth Montgomery was a very dear friend of mine, and when she mm-hmm. passed in 95, it actually shook my entire world. It was also during the AIDS epidemic, and I, it, she definitely was a catalyst for a lot of, of me stopping my life and looking at it, mm-hmm. um, and all the different people who had passed around me for quite a few years now, right? And right. I moved I moved to San Francisco, and I really stopped. And then I came down with full-blown AIDS in um, 99 and wow. almost died. Uh, I, I was actually sent home to die at one point, and I didn't. And oh. it, it, it took me five years to bring myself back, so to speak. And at that point, I'd been thinking about, all right, this is, this is another – chapter of my life this is another mm-hmm. like who what why why am i here what am i doing and i just went i want to do something that i always wanted to do when i was a kid and that was and that was tell stories and become a filmmaker and i never gave myself permission i would be with some of the most and work with some of the most amazing people like blake edwards and mm. just phenomenal directors and writers and and i finally went all right you you do it and uh, I, I and and so that's what I did. And so we're talking not until about 2008, 2009 did I do anything as as a filmmaker. Wow. And uh, so it, my journey was uh, first I did two documentaries, one on Jose Sierra, Sierra uh, from San Francisco, and uh, another one was on old. Um, uh, Queens and their dedication to their Victorian homes in San Francisco. Was, was, Ralph, the, uh, was Ralph featured in that? <laughs> yeah, he was. I'm sorry. He I'm was, sorry. but of course he's, he's been He was cut out. He was cut out. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was he didn't make the final cut. <laughs> uh, I and, digress. And so my sorry. First <laughs> He is young and vibrant and beautiful. How could you say that about him? God damn it, um, right. And, <laughs> and so my first feature was, uh, after the two docs, was my baby Jane, which was a ridiculous thing to do because I just wanted to try to do something, and I just had this crazy idea. And I also did it as a proof, proof to see if I was any good at this. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can have a dream, you can try all you want, but that doesn't mean you have that thing right. that, you know, it, it's something that we don't even understand. It's an instinct. It's a, it's, it's a, a vision. It's uh, so many different things have to come together uh, because it takes a lot to write 
and direct and then and create and see something and then be able to take what you see and actually make it happen and then to sit down and edit because I edit all oh. my own work as well. Amazing. Uh, and so that was the one that told me after I got – I was shocked to get amazing reviews. That's such a ridiculous thing, you know? And I went, okay, all right, this is telling me that I may have something here. And uh, I decided to move – I better move back to – this was being in San Francisco. I said, I better move back to Los Angeles and be where everything is, be back home. And uh, right. uh, and be where everything is. And about, I would say, um, about seven years ago, I just happened to sit next to David Milburn in a movie theater. And I was with Jason Stewart, uh-huh. and, who he and I had become friends. And we sat in the movie theater, and he was next to me. And we became friends. And it really just was a friendship. It was like I invited him to parties. We just hung out. There was nothing. And right. Then I started writing and creating some ideas, and then I just was talking about them. He said, oh, you should come in and, and tell us what you're doing. And our first project, I think, was Hush Up, Sweet Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. About, and that was seven years ago. And uh, so it just – that's where it started. Well, it just organically – you know, Ralph and I talk about this a lot, you know, in Hollywood for – so many, especially young actors, young filmmakers, they all think, you know, they hear about you've got to make connections, you've got to network, and and that's true, right? But then there's yeah. nothing better than just a, an an organic connection where, yeah, you know, you you meet someone and and you you because everyone's sort of out to get something, right? And you always get that feeling. So I always love it when it's, but this, but Billy, I mean, Billy, the, the thing is, if someone goes back and looks at your body of work, I mean, the, the amount of stuff you've packed in, in such a 10 year, 12 year period is astounding. I mean, at, I, first of all, I didn't even know you were a native LA person like Ralph is. I always, I always thought of you as like being from the Midwest, you know, or somewhere. So, <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that. That's no, no, no. I mean, that's what I mean. You have a very wholesome kind of, you know, great persona about you. I just love the fact that oh, you, and I have to tell everyone, um, listeners, I, I watch the Reels channel and I'm a true crime fanatic and I watch all these shows. And I watched a show about it's called Autopsy, and basically they they take a celebrity who has died, and it's kind of a biographical show, and they throw in some medical stuff. But I was watching the one on Elizabeth Montgomery, and all of a sudden Billy pops up, and I was so moved by your participation in that episode. I mean, when you say you were dear friends, I mean you were just. It was so genuine and passionate. And as you, now I'm hearing this and I'm thinking, you know what? All those years you were around all these people, it was almost like a master class in filmmaking without, you know, you got to watch everything and sort of, I'm sure, itching to do it. But you know what I mean? Do you ever oh, look back totally. and think in a way that was sort of preparing you for your, your future directing, producing, writing career? Oh, 100%. It actually, it was. It was like, you know, being the hair and makeup person for an individual in a film, particularly women, uh, you become, you talk to the director of photography and mm-hmm. how to light them. And you, I, I mean, I, I many times, some of the top DPs, I'd be like, no, 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 lower that just a little bit. No, no, mm-hmm. you've got to push this over to the left. I'd be like helping them to make sure that they were lit perfectly. I would, mm-hmm. you know, I would tell the camera person, no, you lift up the camera a little bit lighter. A little bit higher, a little bit higher. Okay, you just got to be just above the above the the face so that you're not you're not coming up at them in any way. You know what I mean? Just learning all these right. different things, and and then you start understanding what it what it's all for and what what it it does. Uh, so yes, and watching them work. You know, I mean, uh, uh, and how to be a good director. I mean, how mm-hmm. how to make people listen to you and actually respect you instead of fear you. You know, right. Uh, and then also knowing how to talk to actors, which I'm sure you learn from being and listen, everyone, everyone knows that. But if you don't, when you work on a project, the hair and makeup trailer 
is really the place to be. I mean, mm-hmm. hair and oh. makeup. Not not only do they don't not only do they have the tea on everybody. Because Billy, don't you find that that's really where? Well, it's kind of like when you go to your hairdresser in real life, you know, and they yeah people sit they sit in that chair and they kind of pour their heart and soul out to you. But um, totally wow, I mean, you've been able to they just come kind of so so that and in. You're, and you're like talking about, you know, when you're on a film set, they be, they're coming in at five in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. You're the first mm-hmm. person they actually see besides the the PA who walks them in possibly or right or whatever. And and you are the one who has to assist them in being comfortable and ready for their day. And right. I know they, the director would always come in or, or ask me to come over and say, okay, how are they doing? And I'll be like, you know, give them another 20 minutes if mm-hmm. you want what you want. You know what I mean? <laughs> or they're ready. They're great. Everything's fine. You know what I mean? And right. So that, that everybody's happy. Everybody, you know, so it keeps a really good uh, um, a tone on set. And uh, uh, so, yes, it, it's a crucial, that's why it's so important. I, I don't think a lot of young people or young, I'm not young people, but young, young people in the industry, mm-hmm. uh, I don't mean their age, I mean how it's new. Sure. They don't understand yeah. how crucial all these different elements are on a set. And, uh, uh, of course, then, again, the director is the most important to set a tone Mm-hmm. So that uh, you've got to make sure that everybody feels comfortable and at ease and that it's in control. And they're not, even if everything's falling apart, they should never know. Nope. <laughs> nope. <You> know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Cause you know, well, I mean, I've it, worked on sets where all of a sudden you've lost your location because someone came in oh, and God. you're like going, where are we going to shoot this in the morning? You know? Oh, yeah. Well, I, you know, because I produce also, and people will ask me sometimes, Jesper, what does a producer do? And it's like, oh, my God. I mean, I always say all all actors should get on the other side at least one time, right? So they can understand the, the dynamics and just how it takes a village, literally. One time early in my career, we were shooting an indie film in Pasadena. I tell this story and we had this beautiful house and location and blah, blah, blah. And um, we're shooting away. And then the one of my co-producers, I, c- I can remember he gave me this, like motion me to come over and I walk over and he's like, um, yeah, the check bounced for the, for today's location. And I was like, who bounced the check? <laughs> he's like, like I don't know, but we don't, we have, we have to, and this was like a Saturday and he was like, we owe them, like we got to come up with like $2,000. So literally, you remember in those days, you could only get like 300 cash out of your (laughs) ATM. So we were like, we had to get like, you know, like seven people to go get 300 cash out of their ATM. Meanwhile, though, put on a face like no one knows, you know, you can't let anyone know what's happening. And so you're constantly putting out little, little fires all over the place. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Billy, and why I'm are curious, we still doing it? Because we love it. Oh, we, we love, love it. Billy, I want to ask you now because <clears throat> it's easy to say that you started out in hair and makeup, but how did you get your background with both those fields? Uh, as far as hair and makeup is concerned? or, or Yeah, hair and makeup. Director. Uh, hair and makeup, I was uh, – I, uh, when I was a model, I started modeling around 17 um, when I was still in high school and mm-hmm. uh, um, Wilhelmina way back when. And, yeah. um, you know, I just got sent out to stuff and I uh, would, would sit there and I'd talk to the hair and makeup people and I'd watch what they did. And then I would start, I honestly just started doing that to my friends and all my girlfriends. I'd do updos <laughs> on them, do a little makeup. And you, you know what I mean? As you go out, we're going out drinking. Here, I'll fix you up, you know? <laughs> so wow. it, it was actually very natural for me to do it. Mm-hmm. And so so when I was, um, I remember when I turned 20, I went, well, I can't be a, a model forever. I'm going to get too old. <laughs> Can you believe God, that? 20 years old. 20, I said that. <laughs> you, were, you were over the hill at 20. Yeah. Welcome to I Hollywood. I was over the hill at 20. And uh, I went, you know, I better get myself a profession. <laughs> so 
I was one something. You better get friends. something stable to to fall back exactly, on. Exactly, a hair and makeup artist—that's the most stable thing possible, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so oh I, I went to hair school. I went to Marinello um, Hair School, which was on Fairfax. Oh and, yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, and uh, so I went there for a year, and then I um, went. Well, now what do I do now that I've got a degree? So I went. Well, I, okay, what's the most expensive salon in Beverly Hills? And it was a, there was a place called Menage a Trois, which was on Burton Way. Mm. And I walked in there, and I knew that I was going to have to be an assistant. Everybody told me I had to be an assistant. So I just walked in there one day, and I said, I'd like a job as an assistant. They gave it to me. Uh, and <laughs> so, Hutzpah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like you, it, it, it's, uh, you just – you know, you just do it, right? To be and to be so that to in. be that age with that confidence again, right? Yeah, and, and stupid, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're talking like, you? because when you, you walked do? into when you walked into Menage a Trois, you're like 21 now, or 22, right? Uh, oh, 21. Okay, 21. Yeah, yeah. and at 21, yeah. we're wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. So of course. Right. And of course, you know, you're still beautiful because, you know, you were just over the hill a year before. So, I use all the same things that I do today, which is a lot of tape, you know, and never show your back. <laughs> yeah. Well, you yeah. know, Billy, the reason why. A lot why of backlighting. Exactly, Jasper. Billy, the reason why I asked about your hair and makeup background is because I was very impressed when you were saying how you would talk to the DP and the various camera operators and letting them know you really need to lift it up a little bit. Or right, they were saying right. to you. It was, it was you saying that to them or them saying that to you? No, me saying them to that, them what they had to do to make the actress look her best. You see, and so, that's what uh, I think is impressive, that you just naturally applying makeup to a woman's face and you you have the expertise to know like mm, it's really going to set better you know that's so impressive to me that it'll look better Thank if you, you. lie from here on up that's what right. I think is incredible and I think I learned it also just being a model as well and I would mm-hmm. watch I would just I think I just always watched everything and mm-hmm. I took right. it in uh, I was always just intrigued how do you do this what are you doing why is that light over there. You know, oh, what is that? Oh, that's backlighting. Oh, that's cool. Oh, what is that light up way in the back? Oh, my God, look at that glow this creating. You know, I was just mm-hmm. always eating it up. And so that, it, it just as what Jasper said earlier, all of this was training me for now. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, and actually Elizabeth Montgomery was my first celebrity I ever did. I, I was going to ask you, uh, I was going to ask you who was your first, you know, entree celebrity-wise. Was- it was very what, because it was. Was uh, it for a, I was a movie? Still at Menage a Trois. I was still at Menage a Trois, but I had started freelancing on the side doing um, just free print work because I knew that I didn't want to stay in a salon uh, mm. as an assistant. I wanted to do print work because right. that would mean I wouldn't have to go to a job in that way anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I could do right, it just right. like I was. And that's because that's what these other people did when I was doing. Uh, when I was modeling, they were coming in doing print work. So I said, well, I want to do what they did. I don't want to be there. And also I found the people, um, I don't know, I think they were stuck in their world and they just weren't mm-hmm. very happy being there, you know, mm-hmm. sitting right. in the lawn every day. And so I right. knew that wasn't for me. I needed mm-hmm. to be around different people and, you know, the way the way we live our life, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and I happened to have met a the photographer. I worked for him, who was her photographer. And after we had done a shoot, he said, you know, you're really, really strong. You're really good. And I've got a client that I think would be perfect for you. And I, and that was Elizabeth Montgomery. Mm, and I, I wow. Said, yeah, yeah. And, and, he, and nobody, uh, she never knew this, but as a little kid, and I know that, so many people can say the same thing, but she was my idol. I mean, oh. uh, I mean, I had a cat named Samantha. I mean, I mean, it was like, <laughs> oh my God, I wanted her to be my mother. You know, you know, oh my I know God. that I wasn't the, the, 
I know that I wasn't the only one, but the difference is, is that she actually did come into my life. And, uh, <clears throat> but and isn't that it, isn't cool. it great that she, she came into your life and did not disappoint, you know, so many times, you know what I mean? A lot of times we have, yeah. we love these celebrities and then we meet them. We're like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That's and not who see, I thought she was going to be. Yeah. Exactly. They're so insecure and they're, not very capable of being respectful of other people and mm. all that kind of stuff. She was, she was definitely the opposite of all that. She just really took it as she knew who she was. She knew what she was supposed to do. And she treated people very old school Hollywood, everybody with respect. And at the same mm-hmm. level, no matter who, no matter who they were. I remember when we'd, we'd, we'd go to uh, 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 La Dome on Sunset Boulevard. Oh and yeah. Have a La for she'd have like a present for the person who always parked her car's kid. Mm. I knew it was her birthday. I knew, you know what I mean? That kind of right. stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. She remember it. And, and it's just, that's who she was because she right. cared. It's amazing. Well, um, so that, I, like I said, you, did you now? Okay. So have you been able to work with any former hair makeup clients as a director in the following years, I mean, have you been? Have you had the pleasure? Let's just say that, you know, Elizabeth had survived and was living. Have you had the experience where you're now directing um, any of the actors or actors that you started out working in hair and makeup with? I actually have not yet. Um, okay. And there's someone that I do want. I actually have another project that I've written that I want to get done soon. And do um, uh, you remember Joe Beth Williams? Yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, the mother yes. of Poltergeist. I used to work yes. with her. And I was thinking, I'm thinking in my mind that she'll be perfect as the mother. And um, I, I'm going to reach out to her, and I think that would be amazing to see her. I do have some hair and makeup people that used to work under me because I would always be on the set. And then, of course, you'd have your – your, uh, uh, I was the key hair and makeup person, right. and they would be brought in as a makeup or a hair person. Uh, and uh, I, I'm, I'm going to actually, I have something coming up soon uh, with Mel England, um, and we have an actress, an older actress that I want to bring in this really amazing makeup artist to do her because I, I can't do that anymore. You know, I don't have time right. while I'm directing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, you know, I don't know, you know why. He's, he wears so many hats on set. I think right now he's scrubbing out the lavatory. But as soon as he's done, as soon as he's done with that, I'm sure he can get you a pre-made lunch because we don't have catering anymore, and um, he'll run that right over to you. He's doing the COVID exactly. testing. He's the COVID. Uh, he's, the co- he's the COVID compliance officer. He got him ten jobs. He's given out a test right now, a rapid test. He'll be right with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was that so, was something to do do the film No Goodbyes during COVID, and we did have a, a COVID uh, compliance officer on set, of course, and yeah. it, it made it very different, of course, because we had to stop constantly and open up all the windows and bring in an air purifier. And but at the same time, um, uh, I think it kind of helped the. Um, you know, having the pandemic happened, I think it kind of helped the energy of it being mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, that tense oh, intensity. Yeah. I could see that. You know. It fit right in with the yeah. uh, subject. With the subject, God, what a pursuit. fierce director you are, Billy. It is like, honey, I will let this pandemic uh, help my fucking movie. God damn it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I couldn't have even planned. I couldn't have done any better better scheduling than this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, the only thing second would be if you were doing something set during like the Spanish flu, right? And then you're like, yeah, oh, now, now we're in the next pandemic right now. So, wow. Exactly. Well, so everybody feel it. Feel it. Feel okay. it. <laughs> Use that. Use that fear. Again. I want you to go home everyone. you to have a nightmare about it. Okay, fuckers. Yeah, back to one. And back to one, mask, bitches. Put that mask on, bitch. Keep that exactly. mask. Keep that face wrapped up. Listen, oh, if you're just, everybody if be you're just, here. If you're just <laughs> what did you say, in, 
<laughs> we are li- we are joined by the wonderful writer director producer Billy Cliff, and you can follow Billy at it's very simple at Billy Cliff. How about that? C L I F T. Um, and no, no goodbyes is his new short film that you can find on Amazon Prime. He's got a virtual uh, screening tonight that's involved with the uh, Museum of Tolerance. Um, Billy, listen, I, I've been a fan for a long time. In fact, the last time I saw you, you and David and I were guests out here on uh, Scott Fullerton's radio show, uh, Left of Straight. We, we met at yeah. – uh, he did it at a hotel here. I think that's been like yeah, two years yeah, ago right. now. That's when yeah, you were, it was. you I guys mean, I, were promoting the, uh, the long road. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I remember you of course very well and, and, and so glad to be speaking to you again and hope to be able to sit and hug and, and chat uh, soon. Now, are you, let me ask you, are you in my, my wonderful old neighborhood, my last haunt in Silver Lake? Do you still live? i we're not going to give out your address, but are you in Silver Lake still? <laughs> yes, I, I live in Silver Junction, right? Yeah. Oh God, right, I know. I we moved full time like three years ago. We were on, we were at Lucille and Effie, you know, right? Oh my God. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I used to before I moved before I moved to uh, San Francisco. I lived on Lucille. Oh wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Terry Ray was there <laughs> in the neighborhood. Who? There's so yep. many people. Okay, now when when can we count on you to live out here? Now, I mean, everybody is making the exodus out to the desert. Well, it, it, uh, I mean, I know it's going to happen, but I just feel that I still <laughs> need to be. I do know. I do know it's eventually going to happen, but I still feel that there's this energy that I have to keep on tapping into here. That is, there's something in me that just keeps on pushing me, and I need to be right here in the center of this at this moment. Uh, So I'll know when it's time, you know, like when I can relax a little maybe, just to pull back a pinch. But right Mm -hmm. now I feel like, oh, my God. Well, what's great about of what I share with people and Mel may say, Jason may say this too. I feel like now, cause I'm like you, I've got to get, I've got to get into work and get that, that energy. But then it's so nice to sort of drive away. You know what I mean? It's nice to sort of yeah. leave it and then come back to it. But, um, yeah, but it's, yeah. But you, like you said, it, it's all, you know, at, the older we get, we really do learn to live. Like we try to live moment by moment, day to day. It's so hard when we're, we're younger. So anyway, it's just a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I so impressed with the film, um, impressed with you and your career. So um, everyone check out no goodbyes and have a great virtual screening tonight. Thank you. And so and thank we, you both of you, Jasper and, and, and Ralph. So great to hear your voice as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you were a treat, you know. Um, are we ending now? It's only 640. Oh, well, you have to get to your virtual. I, um, yeah, I'm going to let Billy go. And then, and then, Ralph, you and I will do um, what we normally do. Our, you know, we'll do our opening. Oh, okay. So you're going to so do your our, tap dance. Yeah, and yeah Ralph's going to sing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, yeah. Um, and those Victorian houses that you were talking about, yeah, I'm going to just rip up one of those curtains and put it on my shoulders like Carol Burnett did, goddammit. Good okay. job. Good and gone, job. And gone with the wind, <laughs> goddammit. Well, I can't okay, believe you two. I want to see that this afternoon. I want to okay, see that yeah, I mean, this evening. That is, better be on Instagram. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> check your Instagram, bitches. Okay, Billy, thank you. <laughs> to have a great Love time and getting and getting Love feedback. Love you, Billy. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah! Yes, and fantastic. He is fantastic. Planet Eartha. If you're interested in seeing um, the other two films along with No Goodbyes, Billy Cliff's film, just simply go to museumoftolerance.com and you'll be able to see uh, the screening that's happening tonight and you'll be able to register. Yeah, for all of you that are listening live right now, please do. And if if you're listening to this later on Archive, just remember go to Amazon Prime. 
Um, and then check out Here TV's catalog. You know, check out if you're not already a subscriber of Here TV. Um, they've done some really great documentaries. Like they, there's one that they did about traveling around and going to like sort of underground bars and underground clubs that kind of these kind of each city they did san francisco they did la i forgot the name of the actual show but you know how i love a good documentary ralph right exactly but yeah i was gonna say i love how billy and so many of our guests and just so many people on the planet when they've wanted to do something from a young age and then they get to do it or they fall into something and then voila look at the career I'm, I'm just still loving how Billy was just like so natural with hair and makeup, went to school to do it. And then as we all are at 21, could walk into a major salon and go, hi, I'd like to be an assistant, please. You know, with no, right. no qualms, no resume, nothing, you know, none of, not the internet telling you, you know, go to LinkedIn, girl, and um, put in all your information. <laughs> It is Go to LinkedIn, girl. <laughs> yes, that should be that should be your license plate. Go yes, to LinkedIn, girl. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, Ralph. So, like, when I mean, I've known Billy, of course, and but then I'm watching this Elizabeth Montgomery special, and he was really the main person in the documentary, and mm. just you know talking about being with her and being with her through her cancer diagnosis and being there by her side through to the end and was he was really like a part of her family right and so and when I said that's what I mean like people always say you know entertainment is the one business where there's no exact roadmap to to Mm -hmm. to you know I always say just be opened open to say yes be open to opportunity and and be willing to make a change and I'm so impressed like the fact he had the health issues and you know, that just propelled him to the next chapter. So Mm. I'm surprised too. You both grew up in LA, but you know, you, you kind of, you went to college and I keep forgetting you, you know, you left for New York for 20 years. So it's not Mm -hmm. like, or your paths probably would have crossed much sooner. Much sooner. Yeah. You know, and what I like about our show, Jasper, I've always said this in planet earth that we've known each other 12 years now. It's so nice that you and I have so many, like, so many of our paths have crossed, like talking about Mel England working with Billy, and they're about to do a project together, Terry Ray, Jason Stewart. The list just goes on and on, you know. David Milburn. David Milburn, Paul Colickman. And I was going to bring up, too, you know, because I, I feel every show should feature a boomerang about you uh-huh. exactly yes absolutely there were several it's, times you could i was i didn't well hush sweet charlotte was a potential boomerang but, um, yeah I, I don't always do them i know you feel like i'm going to jump on every single one you got to pick and choose jazz for the boomerangs do you know what i'm saying well, you probably didn't want to boomerang that one for because exactly. you didn't end up doing it yeah but, right um Right. And then there's another I, one. Are you going to boom? Go ahead. Are you going to boom? Yeah, that I didn't end up doing. I know every project that I work with with Billy, I don't end up doing. Yeah. So, um, but I was going to say, but I love his parties though. And his uh-huh. holiday parties are fierce. And of course I made my signature chocolate chip cookies to which Paul Colickman said that he will always eat my cookies. He loved them. So that was a fun connection, meeting Paul and meeting David there. David, is, of course, has been on our show. And what I was going to mention to Billy is that I can remember meeting David Milburn. We were at, and I think I was with Jason Bogue. We were at DGA at a function, maybe some kind of outfest function, and we ran into David Milburn. And that's when he was in the planning stages for a long road. So mm. how how nice that I got to talk to him about a project that would ultimately become Emmy nominated. Well, what I just realized too, in the long road, one of the things they profile is the black cat, the famous black cat bar, which was kind of has never up until that documentary, you know, we always knew about Stonewall, the bar in New York, but the black cat is right in, I just realized he lives in sunset junction. The black cat is now, like a laundromat half half bar restaurant but it was a back in the in the 60s it was they had the big anti-gay 
uh, rage there as well. And it, mm-hmm. it, Stonewall Inn got, always gets all the attention, but but the Black Cat is another one. And so now I know that Billy lives right at Sunset Junction, so he's literally like across the street from the original Black Cat, which is mm-hmm. kind of amazing because that was a big part. For anyone who has not seen um, the documentary, Emmy-nominated, as we talked about, it's just such a great just journey of 50 years looking at gay history and um, the advocate magazine, which um, Paul and which Paul used to own, he has since sold, but it was just, and I I know it's out on all the platforms. If you have, it's it's called the advocate celebrates 50 years, a long road to freedom. So everyone listening, please check it out. Um, It's really incredible. Um, But Ralph, everything has been, I know it's been crazy. I wanted to just um, let everyone know that we're back. We're excited. We're going to be back with all new shows uh, pretty much all of July and the rest of June as well. And, um, you know, COVID is rounding the corner. I think everybody is kind of getting back to some sort of, how do you feel since last Tuesday? I was in Georgia when Newsom lifted the – the mandates has have you has it had any have you noticed any difference in Los Angeles? I haven't because the places I go to, I'm doing aqua therapy now. Everybody is masked, so right. I still am living in an environment where the places where I go to, everyone is still masked. I know I was talking to our friend Ronnie in Cathedral City, and he was saying, and you know this too, um, the gym. He was at the gym. He was one of three people wearing a mask. You know, and all the the signs in front of storefronts are saying, if you're fully vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. So um, I have not witnessed that yet. Like I said, I haven't gone to any kind of venue where people are now unmasked. How about, as, how about the grocery store? Have you been there yet? I Well, I've gone to Trader Joe's, but that was before June 15th. So I yeah. don't know what it's going to be well, like now, but I'm still going to be wearing my mask, even though I'm vaccinated. Yeah, I went to the Trader Joe's out here for the first time because, like I said, I was gone. Don't I mean, I think you and I taught, you know, Georgia. That was a whole other thing. Um, but no, at Trader Joe's here, a lot of people, yeah, we're not. I mean, the signs are down now. There's no mask required. Um, all the employees were wearing masks. And I'd say about 20, 30 percent of the customers had them on. Um, but 70% probably didn't, which is fine. I mean, you know, I wore mine anyway. Um, I've not gone to the gym since they lifted it. I'm going to probably see, but I, I don't know. The gym is a tricky one. I, I have a hard time breathing with the mask at the gym as it is, but Mm -hmm. I don't think I feel comfortable without one at the gym, you know? Yeah, I guess, you know, to answer you, I don't want to... Um, belabor anything um, for like I said for right now everywhere I'm going requires a map so I haven't been in a place where you know people are not wearing masks I'm still just it, it just it's so precarious to me because it's like okay if you're standing in line and somebody in front of you is not wearing a mask does that imply that they're fully vaccinated or they could be not vaccinated and they're just not wearing a mask because you can't, you don't know. It's like, I'm all masked. Like I went to, um, uh, on my way to aqua therapy when I got there, well, we all have to be masked. But, um, when I went to the apothecary, everybody was not masked and I felt like an alien. Right. That's what I was telling you in Georgia, how I felt. You know, I felt you know, like, wow, you, that's overkill. But the thing is, but then you it's hear like about, you feel over. It's like you show up at a party and it's a costume party, or no, you show up in costume and no one else does. At, at, no one else is right. But yeah, I I try. I was trying to be all like, oh yeah, you know, everything is open. But the reason. <laughs> was, but, but the, <laughs> what? Oh yeah, everything yeah, is open. Uh-huh. But the reason why everything is open in California is not based on fucking science. 
it's based on fucking economy and make the governor look fucking good and look at how fierce California is and how we have squelched it and we are now open to open the economy. You know, Barbara Ferrer is still saying our medical director, health director, still wear a mask, girl, still keep it on. Fauci is saying, he's still saying wear a mask, you know, so everybody will do what they feel like, you know, and then I, like, I was trying to feel good. And then you hear about the Delta variant, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's always some new variant coming out and, you know, I just. Um, yes, I know I'm vaccinated, so presumably if I do contract it, it would be a lesser degree, but hot, what are the long-term or, effects? Or you may, you may just be like a Bill Maher who just tests positive. And I, found, I, I know of a second person now that is fully vaccinated and um, was just trying to work on a show, and it's positive, but absolutely symptom-free, not sick at all. But mm. had to, you know, had to not be able to work for the last week because they're, right. they're positive. But, you know, but not 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 even one symptom. I mean, no clue. Now, like will they would, be able to return she, back? She can't return back until she tests negative. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But now, and did you just... see SAG today? SAG after it was in deadline. Um, they're going to require full vaccinations to start in order to work on any sets. Mm-hmm. Um, in the next eight weeks. So people, actors have about eight weeks to get fully vaccinated okay. or they, or they won't be allowed to uh, work. Now, will there, will there still be rapid testing? I think so. I think there will be, but the because idea heard... is, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. You go. It's your show. Well, no, you're the co-host and I'll let you oh, talk. That... That's right. And I usually get the boomerangs in. You're right. Yeah, because I had heard through um, one of my agents that they're doing, they're not doing all those COVID PCP, PCR uh-uh. COVID before three and four days. Basically, you show up and do a rapid test and that's it. You that's know, it. Yeah. but then I was saying, but then my question was, is that, pre, is that pre, presuming that the people getting the rapid test are already fully vaccinated? Well, yeah, I mean, but now up until re- up until now, they haven't actually made it mandatory. So now that once they make it mandatory, then you'll know that whoever nobody you nobody on that set is is there if they haven't shown that they've been vaccinated with exactly. their cards. Yeah, yeah now, and I, I think it's now, just I, I think out of precaution is they'll do the rapid test because. Like I said, you can still, well, it's weird because, yeah, you can still test positive, but if we actually don't get sick from it, it's just very, that whole part right there, it's very weird. But even if you don't get sick from it, like your actress friend, you still have to leave the set. You're still, um, you're still positive. So you Well, that's right now. That's right now because not, because not everyone is vaccinated. Oh, Okay. I mean, you oh, can't, I see what you're, saying. you're not yeah. you, right now. They can't ask you if you're vaccinated. I wish being that va- I wish being fully. I see what you're saying. I hear you. I wish being fully vaccinated meant that you can't get it. But we all know that that's not true. Yeah, that's why, no, that's why I'm not going square dancing or hula hooping or um, in a room filled with people with no mask. Like, okay, that, let me ask you this, Jasper. I really you, do want a hula hoop though. Go ahead. I'm sure you do with your wearing pigtails, but you and Dennis <laughs> reached a comfort level having, <laughs> having dinners at, at outside cafes, you know, not wearing a mask with your right. friends that are also fully vaccinated. So let's say you're sitting at a four top and it's you, you're sitting next to Dennis and across from you is person A and person B. You're fully vaccinated. The wait staff is still wearing their mask. You're not wearing a mask at all because you guys are sitting outside fully vaccinated. You eat your meal. Everything is hunky dory. Now you go to the gym, but you feel a little trepidation now not having a mask on in the gym. Why? Well, first of all, because it's we're inside, it's not open air. Although my gym luckily does have these huge roll up doors, like you know, like at grocery, mm-hmm. like on unloading docks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they do have the ability to open up all the doors. 
Um, and so that, that helps. It's gyms to me in general are very dirty. I mean, mm-hmm. are germ, germ infected anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, you know what I'm saying? So like even no, during definitely. normal, even normal, like flu season and stuff, I'm always like washing my hands, but here's the thing, the threshold I have passed, because here's the thing I, I pretty much did everything during COVID that I bust through my fears. I shot on location. I did a TV show. I've now flown. I've survived all of that. Right. Hmm. But for me, the vaccine has taken away 99.9% of all my fears. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not afraid of getting COVID because I've been vaccinated now. So, mm-hmm. so that, that has really, that, that's where I turn the corner. Mm-hmm. Like I, I still am not, I, I'm just not afraid of it because mm-hmm. I feel like no matter what happens, I'm not going to die from it. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's what happened. And I put myself out there in these situations now where I didn't get sick from it. You know what I'm saying? And I did, I did that before I was vaccinated. Um, I just like the fact that I see that wearing masks and washing your hands, forget COVID, it prevents colds, stomach flus, uh, you know, um, anything, all these other exactly. health illnesses. No, I yeah, totally so, agree. I agree with you about that. And now, d- let me don't ha- forget, Dennis and I also have now gone into restaurants that are inside. We've, we've eaten, now we eat inside as well. Without a mask on. Right. Well, now, yeah. Like, so when I got back, um, so Sunday night, um, we went to our favorite Mexican restaurant, no mask at all inside. Oh, wow. And you felt comfortable. Okay. Well, my question to you is, are you going to get a COVID test now that you've flown on an airplane twice and then in a different state? You know, I think I'm going to. Um, by the way, I ordered a, a whole bunch of the home COVID test that you can get oh. at Amazon. The Binox, Bimax. It's a company now that that sell. You can buy the home COVID uh, kits for home. Just oh, FYI, I li- listeners. Yeah, I'll send you the link. Um, okay. And those should be coming any day. I just wanted to try those to see. You know what I mean? I just wanted to have them. But um, yeah, yeah I was thinking the other day I might. Yeah, I think it's B-I-N-A-X or it's B-I, I think it's Binax. Yeah, B-I-N-A-X okay. is the um, is the company. But um, I was thinking the other day, for shits and giggles, I might do the CVS PCR because it's so, you know what I mean? I can do it. It's mm-hmm. easy. I'd be curious. Oh, Binax now, COVID-19 antigen self-test. COVID yeah. test with, oh, wow. Sending to without sending easy to use at home. So antigen is that the same as the PCR? You know, I think it's very similar. Yeah, I, I think it's a similar kind of thing. But but yeah. So again, you know, I think and now that I've actually been on a, a part of the country where, you know, thirty only thirty percent of the state was vaccinated. That's a big to answer your question. Also, we're in a, we're in California where over seventy percent have been vaccinated. So it makes me feel a little bit more like chances are a lot of the people that you're seeing not wear masks probably have been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what also makes me feel a little better, a little more comfortable. So Yeah, and conversely, I was thinking when I go to Trader Joe's again, now that it's after June 15th and I'm wearing a mask, people are going to think I am not vaccinated. Like they're probably going to think – they probably will think I'm a Negro, and they'll probably think that I'm not vaccinated, a non-vaccinated Negro, because I'm wearing an orange <laughs> there. Okay, that so, would be an NV, an NVN, an yeah. NVN, a non-vaccinated <laughs> Negro. There's an NVN. You know, stay away from him, girl. Uh-huh. You know, so it is a just a G, like, a G, a GNVN, a gay non-vaccinated. Yeah, a, gay, a gay non-vaccinated talented in add a T and a QIA there. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. no, Cole, is... I love you so fucking much. You have, well, I can't discuss this. Just planet Earth and know that Jasper has really 
had a full cathartic – this trip for Jasper was very cathartic in so many ways going mm-hmm. home to Georgia that now him coming back here has just rejuvenated him. And, yes. you know, I'm vaginally, and you, I'm vaginally rejuvenated. <laughs> my lips are, are wide open. Oh my, you're vaccinated. Fresh. You're vaginated. You are just, you are vegetarian. You're all the V things. Girl. I'm vegan-ish. Okay. Vegan-ish. V, v, v for victory, girl. You know, it is like, which is I'll, honor. Vegan-ish means I'll have, I'll have a piece of tofu with my chicken. Okay. Listen, uh, which is honor to quote Elizabeth Montgomery and our guest Billy Clifford, don't even, okay? Calling Dr. Bombay. Come right But away. listen, before we go, Ralph, I want to wish Tamara Braun all the best tomorrow night on the Daytime Emmys. Everyone, Cheryl Underwood is hosting live Working on CBS. Camera. They are back on network television. Fingers crossed. I know Carolyn Hennessy is in the same category. But Sean Kanan, all of our, so many of our guests, the, the cast of The Bay, Gregory Martin, Christos, The Bay is up for best series. But Tamara will make history as the only actress to win supporting actress three times. So fingers crossed for her. And uh, yeah, we, you know, it's the first award show I think that's going to be fully, fully back. I mean, Full audience, full red carpet, everything. Oh, really? Oh, everything is full, sitting next to each other, no social distancing? Well, everything. Because everybody, everything, everybody had to be fully vaccinated. Well, yeah, allegedly. Let's just, let's just hope this fully vaccinated thing works. You know, I will hear of breakthrough cases, but, you know, you and I are choosing our things carefully. You know, I'm not about to go sit in a movie theater yet, you know. Oh, um, well, I had stopped going to movie theaters before the pandemic, so... You can't get me in one now, and unless it's a, pre- a premiere that we're well between the the people talking and the parking. Although out here in Palm Springs, <laughs> it's, it's it's a lot easier. But so I can't funny. go to one more movie theater where the they bring in the baby carriages. Oh you my know. god, you are hilarious! You just sound like Mister Set in His Ways. Oh, it's I am old talk. as fuck, the, and I am set my ways. The people are talking, and there's a baby over there, and oh, there's Flores Sticky. <laughs> I am one step away from get off my lawn. You know, I, I'm I'm Clint, I'm Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino, the movie. Oh I'm, I'm sitting on the front porch with a shotgun and an El Camino parked in the driveway. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> but oh tell my me, God. tell me if it's a screening that we're in. Uh, if it's a movie you and I are in, I bet you we'll get in that damn theater and sit on the front row. Okay, and crane our head up to see ourselves, girl. Oh, and get some popcorn and everything. Oh my goodness, yes. Well, like you said, we're turning the corner in so many ways and cathartic things are happening for all of us. So we're all good to go. And everyone, please listen. Have a wonderful, wonderful, safe weekend. And we will be back live next week. We have a very special guest and that will be posted soon. Give Rose a big hug and a big kiss. And uh, everyone, take care. Stay in the moment. Tell people you love them and peace out. We will see you next Thursday night. Bye-bye. Bye, Planet Eartha. Thanks for checking out One on One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.